Hello and welcome to What About Us, a podcast that looks at policies and how they affect Middle Tennesseans. The most popular episode since starting in July 2019 was my neighbor, Dr. John Palisano, a retired uh, biologist with an expertise in virology. He talked about what coronavirus uh, was, how it's different from uh, bacteria, how it reproduces and spreads. He talked about other infamous viruses and how this one is causing us so much trouble. But it wasn't the first. Um, We had uh, close encounters with uh, Ebola, MERS, and SARS, but never um, in our country, although we still should have been better prepared. So how are we doing in the United States and Tennessee with COVID-19, which is now what it is labeled? Um, positive tests and deaths have been increasing. We are chewing through medical and nursing personnel, spending billions on testing, supplies, and equipment, as well as support of safety net programs for Americans that did not have the resources to be unemployed for even a month. So Tennessee has been lucky, and rural Tennessee has been even luckier, but are we, were we, prepared? My guest today is Dr. Susan Andrews, a family practice physician from Murfreesboro, who was also the medical director for Beersheba Springs Medical Clinic in Beersheba Springs, Tennessee, in Grundy County. It's a free clinic. Dr. Andrews, welcome. Thanks for participating. Tell us a little bit about Beersheba Springs Medical Clinic. Like What, where, why, the funding, the type of patients that we see. So, the Bersheba Springs Medical Clinic was started by Dr. Garrett Adams, who's an infectious disease, retired infectious disease professor from Kentucky, who um, has spent summers up here since he was a young boy, and um, he brought together some other people um, to help open a clinic, and he saw a great need here. Um, He'd see people who didn't have any place to go if they got sick or uh, no place to go to take care of their blood pressure, Um, and he determined he could do this. There were a lot of naysayers, but he pulled it off, and and it opened in uh, 2010. Um, We have had a nurse practitioner up here two days a week, and now we're open three days a week. We say we see anybody. It doesn't matter if you have insurance or not. doesn't matter how old you are. If you walk in our door, um, we'll take care of you. We give free medicines. Uh, we draw labs. We have some relationships with St. Thomas River, um, River Park and uh, some other places that, that will help us out too with imaging. We've, we've even got a doctor that comes up and brings his own ultrasound machine and does ultrasounds. Uh, we have wonderful volunteers, and you just heard from one of them. Yep. <laughs> she has... These are all, where all my stories come from. <laughs> that's right. She's, she's a wonderful nurse practitioner who came out of retirement and kind of helped us, especially through a time when uh, we had a, a ner- our PA retired and we hadn't found a a new one and she helped us stay open um, and we, we see all kinds of people. Grundy County is the poorest county in Tennessee, the 11th poorest in the U.S. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's heaven. It, it's absolutely gorgeous but there, there are no jobs to be had. Um, it's, it's a pretty good drive to get anywhere for a job. Um, a lot of the people who do have jobs up here have jobs that pay minimum wage and they can barely afford the gas to get there. Um, most of them do not get insurance through their jobs. The ones that do, their uh, deductible is so high as to be prohibitive. They can't afford to go anywhere um, to get health care. So, um, you know, we see thousands of patients and um, take good care of them. I've, I've been in practice for 39 years, and I can see in one week people who are sicker than I've ever seen in my practice in Murfreesboro. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't get regular health care or... No, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. And by the time... we we start taking care of them it's it's um things have gotten really bad mm-hmm. um we have seen we went from the the worst health um outcomes in the state mm-hmm. to i think we made it up to 93 out of 95. i think so too yeah so so we we saw um an increase there was an increase for years on the number of lives lost um beyond what you would expect for uh, the demographics we were on an upward climb until about 2010 when we opened and that's kind of flattened so we we feel like we're making a difference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're a free clinic we don't get any government money we get no insurance money patients will contribute maybe about 15 17 percent of our budget just Mm -hmm. by donations um, and I know Dr. Adams likes to talk about the the um, quiet elderly lady who came in and, and put a dollar in the in the mm-hmm. bucket, and and that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, There's it, a story about that. Right. I mean, it's a it, it it was a lot of money to her, and she was being more generous than some of our big donors <laughs> when yeah. you think about percentage of what right. she lives right. off of. Yeah, we have one one patient that um, uh, in her fifties who uh, her husband died. She lost her insurance. She had not had a job, um, and she came in with a super high sugar. I believe you helped her with a sugar of five hundred mm-hmm. and blood pressure of two twenty over mm-hmm. hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. It's my specialty. Yes, and she had an ulcer on the bottom of mm-hmm. her foot, mm-hmm. and um, she got $47 a month to live off of, yeah. so that's the kind of people we're helping. That's right, that's yeah. right, yeah, under under undiagnosed and under-treated, and, and actually, just to clarify, we do have patients that are on Medicare and Medicaid, Yes, but um, if, if they have a health issue, you know, they don't have a, a clinic or a doctor that will take that, what they, they will see within um, that day mm-hmm. or uh, to try to drive to, to try to get the car where the family shares it or, you know, miss a day of work, which is always, you know, frowned upon. So really unique. And, and um, I tell the legislatures legislators Mm -hmm. that that represent us about these stories and Mm -hmm. and and ask demand beg Mm -hmm. plead pray Mm -hmm. for them to consider medicaid expansion but um that that hasn't happened yeah one of the things i found out when talking to the legislators is that some of them thought that if you were poor, you were already on. Medicaid. Well, a lot, of, yeah, not just them, but a lot of a lot of people. And yeah. I, I've said before on the podcast that that there's this um, sense that Medicaid pays money to individuals. So my neighbor is on welfare, but oh. but he's got a new truck. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what that means, but it's probably not Medicaid because Medicaid is right. a health program. It goes and pays whoever is providing services and that people that are um not disabled or pregnant or children or don't don't qualify nursing home Mm -hmm. they're in a nursing home and there are a couple of bad diseases that if you get it you're covered but other than that if you lose your job and lose your insurance and you're under the well i think it's 138 percent of the poverty Poverty level level. Mm -hmm. um you can't get anything. Yeah. Now, you could get uh, insurance on the exchange, but you can't afford $700 a month. Well, and and that was, was set up, the Medicaid expansion was set up to take care of the people in the middle not poor enough to have Medicaid or not fitting one of these, you know, um, diagnoses or situations, mm-hmm. um, but but not having enough money to get on the exchanges. So the Medicaid expansion was a middle layer. Well, it and, was the bottom layer, too. Well, yeah, but yeah, the expansion. No, the, ex- the expansion is the bottom layer. Because Medicaid does not cover you oh, unless right. you're sick. So you, you might have no money at all. You're still not going to get Medicaid. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's the bottom and the middle. Right, right. Yeah. But by taking the Medicaid expansion, not requiring that for states, we have a, we have about three hundred thousand that don't that can't afford the exchange and and don't qualify for Medicaid. Now right. I haven't heard another number um, since the financial mm-hmm. crisis. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Dr. It's Andrews. I just wanted to. Up, yes. <laughs> well, on the way over, I listened to a podcast. What about uh, is uh, what the health? And it talked about how when the economy goes down, the Medicaid rolls go up because oh, more yeah. and more people losing. But anyway, I just wanted to um, to to put that in and and Dr. Andrews' experience with a rural um, a rural community as well. So I wanted to just do um, a brief history, a brief summary of how COVID came to the U.S. So as I said earlier, um, three other uh, viruses, Ebola, uh, MERS, and which is less well-known, and SARS, um, never made it to the U.S. But viruses don't know boundaries or politics. So when murmurings of a new kind of illness, a pneumonia-like illness, that we heard of in China, he wasn't responding to the usual treatments. Um, We should have been sharing information and preparing. Now, China was trying to silence these reports and really later just lied that it didn't seem to spread human to human. It did, and they knew it. Um, And that it was under control. It wasn't. And they weren't really concerned. Well, they should have been. Now, a lot of people have been blaming China for our pandemic, but our government hasn't handled things very much better. In fact, it, it's, it's a little bit worse. A pandemic response team was established by President Obama uh, during his administration, but it had been decentralized in 2018, uh, taken out of the White House so that it was sluggish and slow to respond, if at all. Updates in the presidential daily briefings became uh, began appearing in January, but they were unread uh, or ignored. Now, um, several writers um, of books <laughs> term that president the president does not read these and gets his intel from TV news and, and radio pundits. He was also distracted uh, by impeachment that was going on after the first of the year and also didn't want to uh, uh, stir up trade negotiations with China. So that those things were kind of put ahead of uh, a pandemic uh, coming to our shores. Meanwhile, people are dying in China and also Iran. They had a pretty significant uh, epidemic in Iran for a lot of different reasons, uh, religious and just their their culture and the way they look at things. Um, and then, of course, Italy. We heard a lot about Italy. Lots of cases with a lot of deaths. Now, South Korea had about four cases, and they immediately shut down and began testing. And they're in pretty good shape. Smaller country. But they, uh, I think they understood um, that uh, four cases could be, eight cases could be 16. And they, ex- they did get quite a few cases mm-hmm. before they shut it and, down. And they I heard a study today that it's not so much the number of things that you do, but how quickly, the rapid response. And I think that's where... They, and the spread. I think that they, they were able to track... Uh, all the cases really well right. because they had set up a program when when MERS came around. Mm-hmm. They, they were really affected a, by a that technology uh, program, and they were able to use that mm-hmm. and that contact tracing. They put people in isolation, mm-hmm. and then you know they they are not reluctant to use masks at all. And right. When I was in Seoul, Korea, a year ago. I wore a mask. <laughs> is that for disease or is that for pollution? Because I know for both. For both, it uh-huh. really is. And mm-hmm. and you know, you're talking about well, you know, there are places around the world where you just don't have that dense of a population, and that's why they controlled it well. Okay. Unlike New York City, well, that's just not true because Seoul is the second most densely populated city in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. mm-hmm. um, and and when they asked people to wear masks. And do social distancing, and if and and put you know if they were put into quarantine, they obeyed. Yeah, yeah. Well, finally, some flights from China were uh, canceled, but um, otherwise, in the United States, scientific warnings were minimized or silenced as the U.S. trudged through January and February and even March with uh, you know press conferences 
misinformation, minimization of risk. Uh, We're told that everyone uh, could get a test at that time. They, They couldn't. It's a hoax. It isn't. It will go away in warmer weather. It hasn't. And a vaccine will be ready soon. It won't. The CDC was not prepared. In fact, they had developed and distributed a test that was faulty, uh, which delayed testing for weeks. Uh, They blamed years of underfunding um, for that. And they also weren't allowed to use tests from other countries. They weren't allowed. Okay, I know there were some other. There were other tests, but they yeah, uh, there were tests out there. Either had to or wanted to. But. And then the U.S. was not prepared with masks uh, and ventilators or a real plan. Um, Eventually, President Trump placed responsibility for a nationwide crisis on the governors, and this caused a lot of problems in trying to get the equipment that they uh, need, uh, you know, uh, competing with each other and outbidding. I heard recently that Louisiana, uh, with New Orleans, was really, really gouged. Uh, for ventilators, trying to purchase them for their pandemic, which was significant after oh, yeah. uh, New Year's and uh, other holidays. Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, their indes- their status is, is has had to pay for those are and is really in a lot of trouble, you know, mm-hmm. financially for that. Um, and by mid March, states started to finally shut down to control the spread. But with such a haphazard, inconsistent response to a pandemic and no clear leadership or national goal or attempts to unify uh, people um, in a common goal, um, folks became restless and demanded to go back to work uh, in April. They'd been off about maybe four to six weeks. You know, they always say that our our economy is so great, but both parents and a family are having to work, at least a job apiece, if not more. And families are not able to save enough to maintain their basic living uh, for more than a month. So it all depends on how you define a good economy. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> So anyway, started uh, wanted to go back in April and really put a lot of pressure Uh, for governors, you know, to reopen. Now, the CDC presented a plan for reopening um, safely, uh, but it was ignored by the administration. Um, And on May 27th, we reached 100,000 deaths from COVID, the most in the world. Um, To put that in perspective, uh, in a couple of ways, we lost 55,000 in Vietnam, Americans in Vietnam. That was over years and years. And there was a natural response to that. Um, I mean, protests. The president, President Nixon, was almost impeached. Um, he stepped down for the good of the country. Um, on 9-11, um, 3,000 Americans were uh, killed, and we've spent billions on national security, um, the Division of Homeland Security, books, movies, memorials, months, months, and years of mourning. Um Yet these 100,000 deaths to COVID in just a few months have um, received no national response um, to, their, to their loss. And, and, you know, the question is why? Um, was it because we don't know somebody? But you know somebody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, New York for rural areas in the Midwest. New York is a long way away. It is. It is. So was 9-11. Mm-hmm. Those 3,000 people were in New York and Washington, D.C. New York has lost uh, 30,000. Um, so, you know, I, again, blame this on leadership that seems not to care for us as individuals or uh, uniting our country. Um, so just to think about that. No wonder we're on a list um, of uh, countries that democracy is is uh, failing, and if you don't know what that means, um, that's on the action plan to to see what regressing democracy is. Okay, well enough about that sad story. Let's talk about Tennessee. Um, 
Governor Lee was subject to some pressure. He was. I wish I had their I secret pressure. <laughs> I signed that letter along with, uh, I think there were at least 2,000 physicians, physicians that said that signed the letter, and I think people called him too. And it was really hard for him to do that because he's a libertarian. He doesn't think that the government should have rules and right. um, shouldn't require people to do something. They should want to do it on their own. They Right. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that was not working. And it, it, it delayed things a bit for him to finally come to the realization that the writing was on the wall and we were going to be in dire straits if he did not shut things down. Right. right. And... Um, Fortunately, he did. That saved a lot of lives mm-hmm. after we'd already lost some unnecessarily, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my opinion. And um, you know, and and I was happy that he delayed the reopening as long as he did. But he opened up before um, we had reached the numbers that we needed to to open back up, and now we're paying for that. Yes, we. We are. Um, so we have 95 counties in Tennessee. Um, six of them have county health departments. So he was only um, really doing guidelines for 89. Right. Right, of our counties. Right. 95 counties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, counties with larger cities like Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville, where the University of Tennessee are, and a couple other with uh, more dense populations. But uh, Tennessee is ranked 43 in the country for health care ho- outcomes, and that is uh, not good either. Yeah. Right, right, okay. Right. So uh, April 24th, um, the Tennessee Pledge. So the Tennessee Pledge is a plan to help Tennesseans return to work in a safe environment, restore their livelihoods, and reboot our state's economy. Basically, it's a plan for opening businesses with guidelines for wearing masks, sanitizing services, uh, social distancing practices, and gradually increasing the number of people um, in an establishment. Um, Increase the number of people in an establishment that you're along with or that are allowed in the, Mm -hmm. the venue. So we still don't have... You know, concerts, sporting events, uh, bars, you know, music. Oh, they are open in. Yeah. Well, bars with music or it, it's still it's still kind of the phase one. In the cities, we're seeing different different phases. Right. right. Nashville's, Nashville's a little bit different yeah, than Nashville the rest of the... Yeah, Nashville is a bit behind, but they had opened some of the restaurants and bars, and they are just packed in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With no masks, <clears throat> yeah, and, and the recommendation for people to wear masks is not being followed much at all. Mm-hmm. And um, we we lost a patient in our practice because a sixty year old diabetic <clears throat> was was really angry with us for requiring her to wear a mask and coming into our office. Mm-hmm. So we had been over backwards to work with her, um, and. She's going somewhere else uh, because it's just not safe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for her or for us, mm-hmm. for her to be in our practice without wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been my, uh, I, you know, I've just seen that people are not wearing them. Mm-hmm. The people working in restaurants are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, people shopping in stores are not. Some of the um, stores are... are um, all of the employees are wearing them. Right. I've seen some increases in that. And I yeah. think it's been, at least in this this area, um, people said they're not going to go back. Or they've said something, mm-hmm. you know, to the store owners. Not right. everybody that comes in here is like, this is not, you know, this is not going to be. It means people listen to uh, that it's a hoax. It's yeah. a conspiracy theory. Right. right. And, and just our... You know, uh, God's going to take care of me, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a, a lot of different reasons. In fact, a new store had opened up um, in Monteagle up here on the plateau, and and the man that waited on me, um, I thanked him for wearing a mask, and he said mm-hmm. that he had an elderly uh, mother-in-law mm-hmm. that had cancer, and uh, I think there was a couple other. Uh, 
situations in his family, uh, but he was wearing it to protect them. And I said, you know, um, a lot of people up here are elderly, so they're high risk, Mm -hmm. and they're very frightened, Mm -hmm. and they're not going to come in here. Right. And if you want to sell those big green eggs, (laughs) the fancy grill, and some of the other high-ticket items in here, Mm -hmm. y'all are going to need to be wearing masks. That's true. Everyone. <laughs> so I think the last time I went in, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't me. If, if mm-hmm. I could only be so influential, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there's well, a little bit greater compliance at I that. Think, I think in the other countries where they uh, prolonged the lockdowns, um, mandatory, you know, where it made masks mandatory, their economies are coming back more quickly um, than they are here because. People have more faith that they'll be safe if they go mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But what I think what's happening here is we have a combination of a group of people who are not being careful. They're spreading the virus, and some of them are spreading to the, vi- the virus to people who are at risk and who want to be careful. Right. Um, that's going on. Um, but there are also a large number of people who are afraid. Mm-hmm. And they are not going to participate in the economy anytime soon mm-hmm. because they see that it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's been a, uh, a false choice mm-hmm. between uh, reopening um, or, uh, and, and helping the economy versus saving lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I have to say that I feel really a bit hopeless that Mm -hmm. our country is going to be able to save nearly as many lives as we could because I I, I think that they've thrown in the towel and just have just decided, well, um, you know, people, people want to go get their hair cut. They want to go out to eat. They want to do all these things. um, And the deaths just don't matter. Mm -hmm. And, um, Unfortunately, it's not just old people in nursing homes or mm-hmm. prisoners or, you know, it's people mm-hmm. all ages. And it's it's grandparents who could have been there for their grandkids for another decade or mm-hmm. two. Uh, yeah, if you have Medicare and you go into the hospital with the corona, well, a third of people on Medicare who get the coronavirus end up in the hospital. Okay. So a third of the people over the age of 65 who get sick go in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then your chances of getting out of the hospital are not great. Mm -hmm. And then when you do, if you go on a ventilator, you're not going to go home and be healthy. Right. Exactly. um, Yes. I think 88% of people who go on a ventilator die, and the ones who who do leave some of them are leaving on ventilators and going to nursing homes some of them are going to nursing homes because they've had strokes mm-hmm. so it it's it's i just feel a bit helpless and hopeless about this because yeah. it seems that as a country our our leaders have decided that it's the economy it's not lives and unfortunately that's a false choice right because the economy is not going to come back well and until we get this thing under control and when they're not and i think there's some uh i'm just going to call it misinformation or or um maybe cluelessness but it, it it the economy is more than just stats. So if the, oh, yeah. you know, if the unemployment rate goes down or is the the you know the payments out or a little bit less, you know, that is kind of good news. I think if you're a politician, those numbers. But if you're somebody that still doesn't have a job, mm-hmm. still can't support their family, mm-hmm. you know, you're still gonna go uh, to the food pantry. You know, guess what? At the food pantry, you don't get a meal. You get a little of this and a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and you make do with what it is. It's not a nutritious meal that will feed everybody for a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually spaghetti and tuna because <laughs> I've worked in a food pantry. Um, and then, of course, your rural areas. I mean, I don't know if we have, you know, soup kitchens and where you can get, you know, get a meal. So a lot of people, my point is, 
a lot of people are still, a lot of Americans are still suffering and suffering badly. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and because we, did, you know, the, I have my little homemade graph here. We're not leveling out. We're not flattening. No. In fact, Memphis is looking at backing up to phase one again if they can do that next week because they've had such an increase yeah. in cases, hospitalizations, and death. Hamilton County, which is Chattanooga, has, uh, I don't think they backed anything up, but their hospitals were full, and I get the Chattanooga Times Free Press, and some nurses, you know, talked about how hard it was, you know, to be on that front line, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. So, so and, and um, it's, and, and Nashville... I think their cases are rising as well, too. They haven't taken any action. But I think it's foolish for us to think that it won't come to us. Right. In the rural right. areas. Well, it, it has. And like you said, in Grundy County, I think a week ago, the number of cases was around 32. And now you said it's 60. 50, no, 50 or 60. 50-something. But, yeah. but even more alarming is... Um, Franklin County was kind of 39 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they're at 60. We only had one death for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so about, well, I want to say the end of last week. This has just been a few days. Mm-hmm. We had another death. And then mm-hmm. today, when Dr. Andrews and I were looking at some stats, it's up to three. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. it's still three. <laughs> It's well, tripled. And, and ho- hospitalizations in the state went up th- 30% in one mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. 30%. So, um, you know, our, our value is going up. I think it's 1.13, the last figure I saw, which means that it's spreading. We're getting more cases. Mm-hmm. And it's not just um, because we're testing more. Oh, yeah. Because and, and hospitalizations how, And what's your response when up. people say that? I tell them, look, hospitalizations are going up. ICU admissions are going up. They are in Rutherford County in our hospital. Mm -hmm. They are at Vanderbilt. Memphis, it looks bad. The governor thinks that he's got to win if he has enough ventilators in the state. Oh, right, right. I don't want to need one. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and that's like, okay, you're just going to write off a bunch of people. Uh Um, We don't need to have all those ventilators in use. We should not. Mm -hmm. Because if you're on a ventilator, you're going to be a death. Mm -hmm. So... It, it, it's, it just doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. he also doesn't seem to realize how far ahead you've got to be thinking since it takes about three weeks for it to show up in numbers mm-hmm. that you made a mistake. Right. So he made a mistake when he, um, when he opened us back up. We're paying for it now, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue to pay for it. Um, I, I do see more people being careful and wearing masks, so I think that there are some uh, that individuals making choices does help. Mm-hmm. But the number of people who are not making good choices um, are, you know, it, it, it's it's killing a lot mm-hmm. of people. Well, the the other thing is, um, it it. It was a sacrifice to do some of these things, and we couldn't mm-hmm. we couldn't do it. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. during the time that all this was going on, I was um, reading a book about Churchill by Eric Larson, The Splendid and the Vile. And uh, President Trump compared himself to, to Churchill because Churchill would go and watch the bombing of, of London, the Blitz. Um, and I don't remember what Trump, I guess when Trump went to Lafayette Square. But the thing is, is, is when you read about the Blitz in World War II, the sacrifices that people in London made, you know, and across the United States when we were involved, you know, rationing, uh, blackout. I mean, if you were uh, on a coastline and you said, well, uh, this is all hoax, I'm not closing my drapes, you could be responsible for many, many deaths where the ships could see where yeah, the coastline was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is this is this is a big deal. Yeah, and he really sh- brought a nation together. He, that's and that's he, the second thing. And he, it, it wasn't just that he brought them together. He told them the truth. Mm-hmm. He told them that these were dire times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he gave them the spirit and the tools to work on it. And mm-hmm. he got, you know, the, the people who were still staying home in England 
did a lot to help with the war effort, just like mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. We had women going to work for the first time. We had people buying bonds. Mm-hmm. We had people keeping the lights out. <laughs> uh, we had people, you know, mm-hmm. volunteering yeah. to, to, to fight. So, but we've never had a war on here except the Civil War. I'm not going to go there. I did that last week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, 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 but we, we really do need to come together instead of instead of taunting people for wearing masks or mm-hmm. making it a, it's not political it's scientific mm-hmm. right right as as healthcare and 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 unfortunately um and I, and i i felt this even more this week than i have for i mean it's been increasing but when there's something going wrong in our country we don't have our leaders pulling us together Right, We're throwing right. flame, uh, gas on the fire. Right. It's yeah. always somebody else's fault. They're rotten. They're rotten, and it just seems to right. be getting further and further apart. Yeah. I think part of that comes too from you know writing letters. Um, I don't. I don't like to do phone calls. I don't like to do uh, emails to our state senators, our state representatives, etc., because that's not a record. You know, that's just a phone call. You can. Pour your heart out to who's ever answering the phone at the Capitol, um, and they'll just tick a negative or something. I don't know what they tick, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. but at least somewhere, somewhere, um, someplace, there's my postcard, you know, railing about one thing or the other. Usually healthcare, and usually mm-hmm. this. And the other thing I, I want to just throw in uh, about Governor Lee. I tried to believe that he had our best interests, and I think the one thing that uh, impressed me was that he went from just suggesting staying at home to really mm-hmm. kind of putting a little more right. oomph behind it right. was that he studied traffic patterns in Nashville right. and saw that people weren't, um, weren't, you know, slowing down at all. Right. You know, there's just many people driving around going places. But I kind of lost that when he wanted to have the convention in Nashville. We do all yeah. this stuff yeah. to try to keep it down, and then we're going to invite a national convention. I know that lots of people in Tennessee would have been happy about that, but I think always about the workers, you know, right, that right. they have to, to work. It was like the, mm-hmm. the smoking bans, you know. Right. You know they, nobody will come to the restaurant if you ban smoking. Well, what about the workers? Right. You know, and as it turned and, out, yeah. in, in Georgia, there were, just this, there were more people coming to the restaurants because they didn't have to put up with that darn smoke. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I you know, I have patients who have jobs that are not safe for them right now. Mm-hmm. And they have to go to work. Yeah. Or they'll um, lose their benefits. That's exactly right. They'll lose their benefits, lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 69-year-old lady who has diabetes, um, black, uh, she still needs that job in that nursing home. She doesn't make much. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have a choice. Uh, people who work in restaurants, people, once once it's back open, they can't get unemployment anymore. Right, Because if they their don't. job is there, and, and so they would have a job. Mm-hmm. So they can't say, well, I, I, I don't want to work there. I might die. That doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it really puts people in a... In a bind. Mm-hmm. the The other thing that's that's happened, and we've we've talked about it, is that we have all these people who've lost their jobs, and fortunately, a good many of them are furloughed and still have insurance. Mm-hmm. Maybe about half, mm-hmm. but the other half, they've lost their insurance, mm-hmm. and um, they can't afford their medicine. Uh, I, I have patients in my practice that I'm sending up to the Bersheba Springs Medical Clinic okay. to get lab tests, to get um, x-rays, to get medicine mm-hmm. um, because they've lost they their insurance and they insurance. can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's we've had a disaster going on that's been behind the scenes you know a lot of doctors aren't aware of it because their front office staff won't let anybody in the door unless they give them two hundred dollars to start with Uh that's the way a lot of people operate so doctors think things are just fine but they aren't seeing all the people that can't even get in their door Mm -hmm. well now those numbers have just gone up a whole lot Uh okay yeah 
they have. This has and, been felt in the back. Yeah, and and you know, for me, um, I don't always know what's going on with people and why they didn't keep their appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, I can think, well, they just didn't want to do a televisit. Well, maybe they didn't have any money to do a televisit. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, and the other thing sad. is that with this muddled response. Um, it's going to, well, it could go on and on and on a long time. That's right. So to take in the pain at the front. (laughs) I think it would have been, it would have been better. And Europe has a similar population to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And they, if you look at curves, their curve went up really fast like ours did. And they reached a peak like we 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 reached a similar peak, and then they brought theirs way down. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought their cases and and deaths down to at least a third of what they were, and ours just have kind of leveled out. We, it came down a little bit, but we've leveled yeah. out. Yeah. So we have three times as many cases and deaths at at, at this a similar point in the epidemic pandemic right. as, as to what they did. But it, it's because we just have had a, a slapdash, terrible effort. Right. And um, I think we're at about 120,000 deaths. So, and we have more deaths than anybody. I think Brazil is really ignoring the whole thing. They're mm-hmm. trying to catch up with us. But we're number one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, have a, they have a leader who's similar to Trump. He says it's just a bad cold. Mm-hmm. So similar to President mm-hmm. Trump, who talks about it being a hoax or it's not and a that good it's deal testing. And, it's yeah, because we're, yeah, I was going to answer test, that question don't, too. Don't test people. It's like so if you don't do a pregnancy test, I guess you're not pregnant. <laughs> well, he he said he didn't say that. Um, he he didn't he didn't um, say that he, or he, he said it was just kidding because you know this is a huge laughing matter. I've never heard him kid. <laughs> well, he, if he yeah he said I was just kidding. It's, it's all a big joke. Um, so or sometimes it is. So um, oh and it's not. I, I wanted to say on the um, we have more cases because we're doing more testing. Well, you know we have really smart people around here in the United States. Um, and they can tease that out. There's there's a way they can look at that and say, no, that's this is the number of tests we did, and these are the number of cases. So right. so I don't be buying that, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's well. One one interesting thing is that Tennessee has done a really good job. They with were on, they were on track for for a while. They're not well, sure where we, we are have, now. We but. have done a lot of testing, and because we've done so much testing of asymptomatic people. We see probably a more realistic death rate. So the death rate okay. for the country, I think, has been running five to six percent. In Tennessee, it's running about one point six percent of people. And and but so I think that tells you, okay, no, we're not taking better care of people. Maybe it's because we have more young people getting it. But it's mostly because we have done a lot of testing. Well, I think and it's so also rural be, areas. We have a lot of rural. We do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the rural areas got tested, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, so there are a lot of asymptomatic people out there that, that um, make the numbers look good for the percent of people who died. But 1.6% 1. 1. of people who catch something and die from it mm-hmm. is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think, okay, if you're over 80, it's going to be 20%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of wanting to be active at 80. Not that it's anytime soon. Right. Um, <laughs> I think as far as uh, other countries letting us in, they're not going to do that. Europe's not going to let us in. No. no you know, because we're diseased. Right. Um, the other thing I hear, oh, it's, I had a little argument on letters to the editor with a guy in Hickson. Because he was he was had two letters, so I wrote two letters back to the editor that were published. That it this is uh, we have all these deaths from the flu, we have all these deaths from car accidents, um, and you know alcohol related deaths. And so, what's the big deal with this? We would be all so embarrassed at some point in the future that we did all this fuss for COVID, but you know 
these are additional deaths. We're yeah. still going to have flu deaths. Right, right. We're still going to have alcohol-related deaths and traffic deaths. This is yeah. more. This and, is well, it's a lot more. And and COVID deaths right now are by far, in a way, way ahead the number one cause of deaths in the U.S. right now. Okay. I mean, way ahead. Part of, of it is just a, a few a few months. Yeah, and there, just and, over a couple of months. It's way ahead of anything else. And I, you know, I saw it plotted out. You know, the the number of deaths from different things through many years, mm-hmm. and and COVID is way up there. Up there, okay. You know, there's, um, I mean, it's way ahead of all kinds. And of they're things, not peaceful deaths either. Oh, oh, they're horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, they, I, I, there was a picture in the paper of a a, a young man, and he was in um, in a in a bed, but you could barely see him. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it was a a bed that flipped to help him breathe better, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was just. I mean, I worked in ICU a long time ago, and yeah. it was pretty. It was pretty, you know, wild then. But yeah. this is what you hear from some of the stories about and the some staff. Of the, some of the doctors it's, are, you know, they they. Um, I saw. I did see a blog of two two um, female doctors talking to each other over time, mm-hmm. and at first, you know, the first six weeks in new york city they were very anxious but still pretty chipper and then um you know as time went on they were both in tears um and they said people try to say this is like the flu but you know in other years i might see one person this sick with the flu and instead i'm seeing you know 20 30 people a day who are going to die? You know, and, I know, and 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 then once once the the people kind of make it through the worst of it, if they do make it through, they are in terrible yeah. condition. So you know, if you get over the flu, you're over the flu. Mm-hmm. You get over COVID, you've had mental damage from strokes. Mm-hmm. Possibly, you have you know respiratory damage. Your lungs are permanently damaged. In many cases, mm-hmm. so it, it it's just so far from being the flu, right? And and we you know we aren't anywhere near the end of this. And to lose you know a bad flu year is sixty thousand in a year, mm-hmm. and I think that's terrible. And I really, and that's bad, exactly. I, yeah, that's I, you know, terrible when we have a people, vaccine. You don't want to get a flu shot, and I can give them a list of people who died, you know, from from the influenza who are you know all different ages, but. But yeah, there is a vaccine for influenza, but it's going to be a lot more than 120,000. I think so too. Well, folks, um, I think we'll just stop before we both jump out. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to jump out. We could talk about this this um, forever, and I know that there's folks out there that are sick of hearing about it. But so you know, take a break. But I want to talk about an action plan, and that is just to do the things that have been recommended wear a mask um, social distancing come on y'all stay out of the restaurants and the 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 bars and whatever is open where people um where people gather um isolate if you're at high risk uh you know if you can um in rural tennessee i think I think we have an advantage where we can be outside. We can, and now that it's summertime, we can, you know, visit with a friend outside and, right. and reduce the the risk. But uh, that doesn't last forever, and then we are going to fold up with uh, regular flu season uh, here in a few months. So just do what you can, um, and and please take it seriously. Keep up with, you know, information, um, scientific things. The CDC. I know that they've stumbled. You know, we still don't know a lot about the virus. So science, you know, changes, and um, it's not it's not cut and dried because it's really really so new. So you know, maybe they'll find some good news here pretty quickly. We, we have had a little good news in that we found out very inexpensive steroid can right. um, that's saving some lives. Mm-hmm. Dexamethasone. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try that before, though. Uh, yeah, that, that was kind of an obvious try for me that I could <laughs> yeah, tell. And I'm sure there were people who were using it. Yeah. But, but people need to know, though, if you take it before you get really sick with it, mm-hmm. it could increase your chances right. to get, yeah, that's to right. get it. it. So taps down your immune system a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
try to keep up with your routine uh, care uh, through contacting your doctor, home blood pressure monitoring, make sure your blood glucose is under control. If you've got kids that are due vac- to, for vaccines, you know, make arrangements to keep those up to date. Let's not have more and more crises from chronic illness and, and uh, um, bad outcomes from asthma and uh, hypertension with strokes and you know, diabetic complications. Um, please fight for Medicaid expansion so that we, once we get through this, we can have better health care for everyone. You know, um, uh, people of color are dying in, uh, more frequently, not because they uh, have some predisposition to it, but they have a history of poor uh, health care. So they have comorbidities and other chronic conditions. That, and they have to keep working. And they have to keep working. They're the ones many times that are in our essential uh, jobs. Uh, vote, vote, vote for better leadership um, that takes science and warnings seriously. And as I said earlier, uh, uh just Google what is a democracy and find out what are characteristics that make a nation considered to be moving away or regressing from democracy toward more authoritarian control. That's an extra credit assignment. Dr. Andrews, Susan, <laughs> is there anything you want to add for an action plan or otherwise? Well, I, I, I think you've pretty well covered it. Okay. Um and yeah, stay well, stay safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't let other people bully you into doing things That's you feel right. uncomfortable about doing. Do um, catch up with friends outside. Mm-hmm. Do get outside and hike. This has been a real mental strain for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, do um, call your mom. Go sit and go sit on her porch. Wear a mask and be distant, but. Um, Yes. Call your friends on the phone. Right, it's a hoot. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, get in shape. Um, and and, and learn to about, cook. <laughs> yeah, think about what's really important in your life. And uh, uh, you know, I, and, and I hope that that financially we can all make it through as as well as we possibly mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. But also that we don't lose people unnecessarily we we are but as few as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. We, we we'll all work toward that well um one study said or some calculation you know people are calculating all the time but if we would have uh, shut down the country in february we would have prevented 86 percent of the deaths right that's that's true. That's, pretty, that's true. pretty scary so yeah. better late than never i guess let's get on it and get rid of this thing so we can go back to being uh, america as we know it Thanks so much, Susan. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Okay, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. I'd just like to add that this podcast was done on Dr. Andrews' uh, Grundy County house porch uh, with her big uh, dog nearby. So the panting you hear is the dog. And also uh, you hear a nice train uh, going through uh, in the valley. So... Those were your uh, extra sounds on this podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.